Okay, so it's the 20th of July, uh, day 712 of quarantine. Sorry, just did some maths. Uh, and these are more of my uncensored, unfiltered, unedited thoughts from my mouth to you uh, in audio log format. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, gosh, what a what an interesting weekend. Uh I went out two days in a row to hang out with people in large areas of grass and like sitting in large areas of grass very far apart from each other, uh, which was really nice. Um, yeah, I also, um, bizarrely, for whatever reason, just coincidentally, uh, both on Friday, sorry, on Friday and today I did two sort of interviews about improv. Uh, on Friday I was on uh, Tightrope tight TV, which is a Tightrope or a Dublin-based improv uh, improv company. Uh, I was interviewed by them. And just today, like just about 20 minutes ago, I was interviewed by uh, The Improv Place, which is a, an online improv uh, sort of community platform. Like sort of, uh, almost like a sort of improv-based social media platform. I should get better at knowing how to explain what that is. Uh, but that was really fun as well. Um, so yeah, and a couple of things that came up on both of those interviews because obviously some things came up. Uh, thing uh, on um, some things came up a couple of times, like improv-related. Was I mentioned the Edinburgh Fringe and a lot on the second one. And it because I became very like sort of very aware very quickly that there are people in, in the world who don't know what the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is, uh, and that's yeah, it was just something I sometimes forget because it's such a huge part of my life uh, that I forget it's not like and also like a lot of my friends' lives that I I don't really think about. The fa- how weird it is sometimes. Uh, so let's go. Let's uh, let's talk about it briefly. So um, a long time ago, I think it's like seventy-five years. I think we just had the seventy-fifth anniversary. I think I might be wrong on that numbers-wise. There was something called the Edinburgh International Festival, still exists, uh, where like performers from around the world are uh, brought in to perform, um, like you know art, like theatre and opera and all kinds of stuff like that. Almost simultaneously, I think that same year, a bunch of people who were not part of the the, uh, elite arts uh, community that were invited uh, (laughs) decided to just turn up and do a bunch of art performances on on the fringe of that uh, festival. Since then, <laughs> the fringe is significant. The fringe festival is significantly larger than the international festival itself. Like significantly, to the point where the fringe festival is the largest arts festival in the world. Uh, also, alongside that, the, the jazz festival happens. The book festival happens. Uh, like the film festival was not far before it. Edinburgh is a big place for festival events, and the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is the biggest of them all. And what makes Fringe Festival so special is that 
is that, and I put this in massive inverted commas, anyone can do it. That's the idea behind it, right? Uh, all you need is a venue, uh, and you can be in the um, you can be in the the program. You can be on the website. You can be part of the French festival. Uh, in practice, that's not what has happened. Uh, obviously, because of you know capitalism, uh, you know capitalism. Uh, it's become a huge money spinner for groups of people, uh, and the uh, and like venues now charge way too much to perform at them. Uh, publicity teams charge way too much for that. Like the the, the and then the worst thing of all is uh, people like because like literally thousands of people uh, turn up and suddenly need somewhere to stay uh, rent for like visiting companies and uh, you know and and um, uh, audiences are extortionate uh, which is especially which is really bad if you're like running it runs for I should just explain what it does it runs for a month uh, the entire month of August uh, technically it's meant to run for three weeks but it runs slightly more than that I usually on average say 24 days so that's my I just on average my brain just says 24 days uh, and it's not quite I mean it depends right because uh, I'm adding on an extra week extra two days at the beginning and an extra day at the end for weekend previews etc etc uh, and basically for that month there are shows everywhere literally you can't go into the city centre without seeing somebody try to fly you for a show or accidentally wandering into where a show is happening. Uh, I have a very... I have a... Like most people who perform at the Edinburgh Fringe regularly, I have an interesting relationship with Fringe. Uh, sometimes I love it. It's like one of the reasons I, I live in Edinburgh. Uh, I love performing on a daily basis. Uh, getting to perform that many times just really turbocharges your sort of your abilities, your talent like really pushes you, pressures you, pressure makes diamonds you know that whole thing I love being able to go see shows uh, I see so much incredible comedy uh, uh, clown stuff, uh, I sometimes go see theatre, not that often not as often as I'd like, um, maybe. But, uh, yeah, there's so much amazing stuff that you can see. Um, I've seen so many incredible things. Uh, it's also, you just get to meet people, although that's terrifying to me. Uh, even though, with my, even me, with my crippling social anxiety uh, and just general, you know, meanness, I've met some, like, people who I would consider to be great friends just for doing the Edinburgh Fringe um, and the bad side uh, it is exhausting it nearly it, without fail it makes me ill uh, like just through complete exhaustion just of doing it flyering is usually the worst thing uh, you have to like constantly for me constantly promoting my own show uh, is like damages my soul um i i i i'm very bad at self-promotion um i don't like doing it i don't like begging myself up 
Uh, so I really struggle with that. Um, and also there's a sort of... There's a profound loneliness that comes with the Edinburgh French, I, I feel. Uh, you're in a city full of, the, like, uh, uh, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people who are, tra- who are performing or watching or experiencing or involved with in some way art it should be the biggest community event and and sometimes it's like it feels really feels like it is but then the rest of the time it is just the loneliest feeling i've spent a lot of edinburgh fringes where uh, there's, there's, there's an area called fringe central which is a, a place you can go um which has like printers and like wi-fi and stuff like that but it also has beanbag chairs and I have on more than one occasion in between one of in between a show that I'm doing and another show I'm doing or a show I've seen whatever I'll just go in there and just sit on a beanbag on my own and just sigh for several like several minutes <laughs> um it's an interesting one I mean uh, the, my best friendships have been friendships where I like either me or a friend me and a friend or me and a group of friends, but usually, like, usually one person I will find, like, and we'll just go and see a bunch of shows together. Seeing shows on your own is fine, but seeing shows with someone else and, and getting to um, share the joy of discovery is just incredible. And, like, even when you see a bad show, if you see a bad show with someone that you're, like, you you know, you that you can uh, talk about it with afterwards... That's just, that's sheer joy. That is delight. And I love it. I love that so much. Um, There isn't going to be an Edinburgh Fringe this year because of the pandemic. Uh, So August for me is going to be... (laughs) That's the thing, sorry. uh, Sometimes you hear comedians just talk about August. Like, to each other. They're just like, oh yeah, you do... uh, Because, uh, like, what are you up for in August? Like how are you set for august you know that kind of thing or sometimes even funnier this doesn't happen with people i know as much because people i know are based here but people will just go are you taking a show up to edinburgh this year and everyone knows what you mean <laughs> like uh like the shorthand for it is so much a part of the com the sort of the comedy scene uh that you know like, oh yeah you take your show up to edinburgh you do your show and then you tour it around that kind of thing um there's a oh, there's a fantastic documentary, I mentioned it in the, the uh, interview I just did, uh, called Hannibal Does Edinburgh. Uh, it follows the stand-up comedian Hannibal Barras as he uh, does an Edinburgh Fringe show uh, for like twenty four days, just him doing a stand-up show. And he, there's a point like about ten days in, I think, it might even be earlier than that, where he's just like having this conversation with his producer, and he's just like, "So wait, I just did the same show for like." 24 days <laughs> and they're like yeah did, did you not understand what's happening and it's such a a rite of passage and in, in a lot of ways and maybe and the argument has been made and i can sort of see this especially for stand-ups that too much emphasis is placed on having to have a good edinburgh show so that you can then turn that show into a touring show and then maybe get a sort of a residency at like the soho theater with your show because your show was reviewed yada yada like it becomes a sort of machine in a lot of ways and i try to avoid that kind of stuff although the spontaneous players have been 
going through that machine with Spongy Spotter, and it's been going well for us. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should shut up. No, um, <laughs> so I think it just depends on whether you're on the upswing or the downswing. There's also this, uh, like spin-off things or, or not spin-off things like subsections like the free fringe and the free festival and that's a whole conf- a whole confusing thing that I don't want to get into right now about what what makes them different. The answer is uh, an ideological difference between the two founders. Um, the free festival spun off of the free fringe because there was a dispute between the two people who were running the free fringe. The free fringe is the original one, the free festival is a spin off. But they are essentially the same idea. Which is that it's free for uh, the idea is it's free or in the case of the free festival cheaper uh, to get a venue um, I think the venues are still free for the free festival you just have to pay to be part of the free festival whereas the free fringe you don't have to pay anything you don't have to pay any overheads at all so for me I've done several of those and that's been great because I live here so and I've had no overheads and at the end you ask for money in a bucket uh, and I've got that money but uh, it also has its own issues, which is that there's no... Uh, it's all done by volunteer, volunteer, voluntary contributions. Sometimes the venues are not habitable by human beings. Uh, <laughs> I've definitely been in venues at Free French where I went, I don't know, I don't know about this. And there are other like, places that do sort of similar things. There's Heroes of the Fringe, which is sort of a free show, but you can you can buy tickets in advance. Uh, or you can or you can wait in a queue and hopefully get in depending on how popular the show is which is really interesting um but yeah so those free those very various ways you can get to see things for free or significantly cheaper uh those are the thing those are my bre- my bread and butter um and also like last year I was because of uh, because I was with the girl balloon uh, which is one of the big f- sort of those, like f- the big four pr- um, venues and production companies that put on shows and I was with our show was with the Gilded Balloon which is one of those four so I could go see those shows for free which is great um, <laughs> so I got to see a lot more shows that way but yeah you get to just take in so much stuff and it can be so overwhelming and so like I say it can be very lonely making uh Unless you have a, like a good crew or a good or or even just one person uh, to sort of help, like <laughs> to help you see all these things, that's a weird way of putting it. But yeah, there's not going to be an Edinburgh Fringe this August, uh, and it's going to be the strangest August I've had because I've done the Edinburgh Fringe. I, th- I think for the past twelve, I think the past twelve fringes, I think, and somewhere or another. I've been involved. I've done a show. I've not like usually not always full runs or anything, but just like definitely since I might not have done anything in twenty. No, no, I did something in twenty twelve. Anyway, basically, I've been do. I've, I've been involved in the show for the past twelve years in the fringe. Uh, since the first run I did with a. Uh, 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 either a sketch or a play in, uh, uh, as part of university I can't remember which way around it is one of those came first and I can't remember which uh, <laughs> I think it was the play because I think I went play, sketch, or play uh, improv and then it's just been improv since then um, but uh, so that's going to be super weird 
and I've got so much out of the Hidden Fringe, especially when it comes to improv. Like, I do a show called Me, Me Plus One, uh, which I've done at three fringes, and I want, I want to do it more. I need to do it more. I need to do it more. Um, which is me and a guest, often someone like that I don't perform with regularly, uh, and also like it can be someone I've never met before, which is super fun, and we just do a forty-five minute show. Like a short 45 minute two person improv show which is intense like deliberately very intense um and i've learned so much from doing those and had so much i've met so many incredible people again who people who i now consider good friends for that uh, so that's been amazing we were just going they had the sad fact that, that we were this year we were going to be performing at uh for a third year at Gardabloon, we're going to be performing at their biggest space, their, their like the 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 debating hall at Tivia, and that was going to be. I was looking forward to that being an incredible experience of being in a centre because we've been sort of on the outskirts. Uh, we've been getting audiences, but we've been sort of on the outskirts. It's been we've been felt kind of removed from the main thing with our show, whereas we're going to have a six o'clock show at the biggest their biggest space right in the centre of the fringe was going to be incredible but but you know the plan is still to do that next year so <laughs> that would be amazing and it's just um, it's made me, I don't know, these interviews and the fact that we're like 10 days away from August yeah, from when we'd be doing our preview oh god yeah it's like 10 days away from when we'd be doing our preview show and that's nuts whew um like it just made me think back about all the amazing stuff I saw. One of the, the main reason I got I, I got as into improv as I did is and uh, on our first year at the Edinburgh Fringe, I think it was 2011, 2012, one of those two. I saw Ostentatious when they were at the Free Festival, uh, half one, at the Counting House Ballroom, and I think I was taking a kids show that year. I think. No, or no, it wouldn't have been. I would have been. No, we were performing our show. Or I was maybe just staying at my, my brother's. This is before I lived in Edinburgh, so that's why I know it was 2011 or 2012. <laughs> this is before I lived in Edinburgh. And I remember I went to see The Ostentatious, which is a completely improvised Jane Austen novel. Um, and, like, ar- arguably the biggest, if not the second biggest, one of the two biggest uh, improv shows in the UK. Now, and the time this was a free show, uh, I went to see it, uh, and I had this moment where you suddenly see the thing in films where someone's like, I don't really know what I want to do with my life or whatever, and then they're at a party or at a gig or something, and they see somebody performing, and you, the camera sort of slowly zooms in on their face as they're watching someone perform, and that's what would have happened if you'd seen this performance <laughs> if you'd seen me at this uh, ostentatious show because they were so funny and so like I'd been doing improv by this point but like uh, university but they were so clever and so funny and so like in sync and so playful with each other that it just made me go oh this is what you can do and like really want to do and like made me really want to do improv like get properly into it like if this is what you can do with practice that would be so great and that's what I did <laughs> so I've been doing it for a couple of years like three or four years before that 
but that's what made me go okay and like actually look into getting training uh, and ending up where I am today where it's what I do teaching and performing improv is what I do um, <laughs> and I can trace it all back to that and I saw ostentatious like seven or eight times that year because it was free and then the next year they were still free so I went to see them like another six or seven times <laughs> and I've seen them at least I think I've seen them pretty much at least once every year since although they've got bigger and bigger and their tickets have got more and more expensive <laughs> but there's always like I see there's a lot of shows that I'll see an improv show and I'll go and see it multiple times like the, um, there's a show called Car- uh, Carrie Ad and Paul Carrie Ad Lloyd and Paul Foxcroft which I saw they did like a seven night run uh, one year and I saw all nights of that and then the next year they did like a six night run and I saw all the nights of that the thing about improv of course, and, and improv in these situations is you can go back over and over again like I've seen um, I saw that I've seen the Maydays multiple times at the, fr- at the thing they did a show called Happily and Ever After which is fantastic uh, there's a clown show uh, there's a clown that I absolutely love called Madame Senorita uh, who the first year that I saw her uh, I saw her like four or five times <laughs> just because it was always different right because one of the great things about like something like improv or like clown or like interactive theatre or that kind of thing is you can go back and see it over and over in a way you can't really with stand up or sketch or um, uh, plays and the fringe allows you that sort of opportunity so I've had some amazing shows that I'll just go back to again and again <laughs> uh, you know just like, like a like a stalker, but no, not not, but but you know, a, but a fun stalker? Question mark. I don't know if there's such a thing as that, uh, and I should stop using that as a thing as as like a fan. That's what they should call it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen so many amazing shows. I've been uh, like I've seen. I was talking to a friend of mine about the comedian Josie Long, who's stand up, who I absolutely adore. Her whole thing is that she tries to be optimistic, um, uh, uh, which was easier before there was a Tory government. Um, when I first saw her, <laughs> when I first saw her, it was all just like, yeah, it's great. All the planets wonders shown in great detail, amazing. And then since then, it's been like, why are the Tories so terrible? Uh, and she's great. Like, I don't. I mean, there's not. I don't have time to really go through and like, talk about. All of the amazing stuff I've seen. Um, if if where there was going to be an Edinburgh Fringe, I would like 100% be recommending stuff to you, right? That's what I, I would be doing. But there's not like it's hard because I want to recommend all these performers and these amazing things, and no, but you can't see them, you know, or they're doing stuff online that's not quite what they're what they're capable of doing on stage, and it's uh, it's very frustrating being uh, a comedy fan at the moment never mind being a comedy like a a, a, a performer but just being a fan of like comedy or um like art any arts of any kind like performance arts of any kind because i want to see all this amazing stuff and like see friends of mine and see people i've heard incredible things about and see people who i'm a fan of from years in the past but it's just not the same I miss live performance is what I'm getting at. <laughs> that whole idea of being in an audience or performing to an audience that you can see and, and uh, share a space with you. That feeling of the connection between the audience and the performer is 
Like, that's the whole thing for me. <laughs> so it's so weird when, like, uh, I've not done, like I said, I've talked about this before on this, I've not done any, um, real, uh, like, improv performance stuff on, like, like, Zoomprov, as, as it's being called, which I adore. Um, and I've watched only a little of it, and that's because the part of it that's missing for me is the as the actual connection it's the feeling in the room like that moment where somebody does a thing in an improv show and the entire audience catches on at once and also the person on stage catches on at the same time of that's what's happening oh my god she, she loves her she loves her that's they they've just realized they're in love with each other ah it's very difficult to and it's not always you know it's not always about women falling in love with each other although for me it often is um, you don't have that same sense so it's a thing where you sort of go oh okay that's the thing's happening fine <laughs> but yeah I look forward to the fringe next year so much hopefully hopefully everything's under control to the point where we can do it because uh, next year is if, if it is all able to happen next year it's just going to be the most joyous month. Like, just absolutely... Like, people will have worked through so much hardship, like, to get there, to figure stuff out. That everyone will just be... Like, there'll just be so much joy on the streets. <laughs> and that's stuff like that that keeps me going at the moment, you know? It helps me keep my spirits up. <laughs> So yeah, uh, that's my a, a, a vague rundown of the. I guess I, I I didn't really know what I was going to talk about today, so I was like, and then after I was talking, uh, doing that interview, I was like, yeah, yeah, we're fringe. That's an amazing thing. <laughs> oh dear. So um, stay safe, stay well, and uh, you know, stay uh, protected either at home or with a mask, whichever way you feel more comfortable with and you know don't take the piss stay uh, educated informed if you if you don't know what's going on in portland right now uh f- find out like look that shit up because uh, that's a lot um and uh if you know if you're free next august uh, you can't stay at mine because uh, it's too small. But I can maybe hook you up with places that don't cost four thousand pounds a night. So <laughs> uh, definitely think about it. Uh, my name is Ben Marjai. Thank you very much, and goodbye. <laughs>